After earning a degree in painting from Northwestern University, Jill Liebhaber accidentally fell into a career as a portrait photographer. What started as a job working in a portrait studio turned into a love for photographing kids that led Jill to open her own boutique portrait studio in Chicago called Juki. That was 16 years ago. Today, we're going to talk about Jill's journey as a single woman who supports herself on income from portrait photography and who lifts up so many photographers who want to build a life as a career photographer. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast, and I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Jill, I'm so excited to have you here and to be talking with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so Northwestern photography wasn't the plan when you were going to Northwestern, was it? Nope. And even when I opened up Juki, even at that time, I actually didn't realize it until a few years into Juki when I was having... um, I don't know, just start, things start to come out as you're talking to people about what you do. But it, it, I, I don't love photography itself. I love working with kids and using photography as a medium to create artwork. Oh, I love that. I feel the same. I wasn't driven to become that photographer, but it's like when you put that artwork in people's homes, and I know you and I have aligned on that over the years. What were you originally studying at Northwestern? What was your, what, what did you think your path was going to be in life for a career? I studied, well, I studied, did study art. So do you mean like, what did I think my path would be on entering college or on leaving college? Yeah. Well, did it change both? I have a very interesting story. We don't have enough time for all this. Um, I withdrew from with Northwestern at one point. When, while I was there, I started working on a lot of film sets. Uh, film, student films, I started doing storyboarding and I loved it and there was a big need for it. And uh, a lot of the, the filmies, as we would call the, the, the students, uh, film students were like, storyboard artists are in big demand. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I dropped out of, or I shouldn't say dropped out. I withdrew from Northwestern and applied to go to a different, to go to Savannah College of Art and Design because I thought I was going to study sequential art. Um, so things change from year to year. It, that didn't end up working out and I won't go into that right now, but I, I re-enrolled in Northwestern and made it be the best I could for myself. But when I graduated, what did I, what was I planning to do? Be an artist, create art, find a job in the arts. Yeah. Yeah. It's it interesting. There wasn't like, a, I'm going to do this. Yeah. There wasn't that title career, like dentist or dental hygienist or whatever, when you're in art, a lot of times it's like, okay, I'm creative. I've got to find something to be creative with. And I think it's interesting too, that it's never a straight line. 
Is it like it's it's rare that it's a straight line? And I think those curves and twists and turns are what get you here. So at what point did you realize, ooh, I I, I can make some money with my camera. This is kind of cool. It was when I got hired to be a, I answered and added a for a kid photographer and great starting pay benefits, work a year and get an IRA. And it's like, right. So for me, it was one of those like, oh, wow, this is really, this is fun. And, it, and it's lucrative. I was not planning on becoming my career though. It's like, this is fun for now. Um, but definitely, you know, when you go to the, the photo conferences, like the Imaging USA, and there's people, I've heard this question asked so many times where people are like, raise your hand if you got into photography to make money. And I'm like, I did. <laughs> I'm like, I, I saw that it was lucrative. I had the talent and skill set for it and, and it was fun. So like, in a way to you not, not be a starving artist. Like I liked, I love working with kids. I like, I love to make art. I love process, but I didn't have to be a painter or like, I didn't have to be making my own art. I didn't have a vision of what my own art was. Yeah. So you started working for someone else. Did you have yeah. to sell or were you just a photographer? You didn't do the marketing or selling or any of the things that were required to run that business? Sure. Well, I became the manager four years in, but we did, there was a, a single a product that we sold. It was like a high end volume studio, right? So it wasn't your, it was a higher quality than your Sears uh, picture people type setup. I believe all of us were, um, were college graduates and either studied art or photography. So that was required. Um, and so, yes, we, we, there's a certain package we aim to sell. And generally we were the person who helped the, the, the client that we photographed. So we were in charge of selling and I had very high sales. Which is great. So, because a lot of people don't have that background when they're coming in and it's like, or people, I hear people say all the time, I can sell anything, just not my own stuff. Um, so I wonder how that impacted you when you were then like, get us to how were you then on your own? Like, I'm going to do this on my own. Was that conscious okay. or yeah? Well, I'll share some things that again, like, um, this is just the honest truth of it all. I, it worked there for five years. The, the business, the owner I came on with sold it in the, the fifth year. So I'd gotten to a point, generally speaking, five, seven years in your life, you, you need a change or a change, change tends to happen. You know, this is the next step of, of growth. People will get married. They'll have children. They'll, they'll get a house. They'll get a new job. They'll get divorced. Right. There's this different thing. These different things that tend to come up every five, six, seven years for me. I was like, okay, I'm at a point where like, this has been fun. Uh, really great. But now I'm going to time for me to go do, do the next thing. And I was considering moving to Mexico to teach English as a second language. And I went to Mexico for a week to see like, okay, what's it, what's it like there? If I think I might actually move there, got a bunch of books about living there as an expat. Um, I thought about going back to school for a uh, degree in art education. That was something I didn't consider when I was an undergrad. I was like, no, I don't want to teach. I want to be an artist. So I was like, nope, not, not doing that. But then at that time I was like, oh, being an art teacher would be fun. I love being around kids, obviously. What's the next thing for me? And then the third thing was I had money saved up. So I was like, oh, I could buy a condo because <laughs> at my age, at that age, I was uh, 27, 28. A lot of people were buying, their, buying a place. So, um, and then one of, so two things happened. 
This is like January 2006. It went to Imaging USA. I saw Vicki Toffer speak. Her images were just like very colorful and painterly and shallow depth of field. And I was just like, what is this? What's this style of photography? The studio I worked at was like, everything was like dialed and locked in, right? Here's the setup, here's the tea party scene, here's the, I'm like, all right, I'm done with the props. But I didn't think that there was another, I didn't think that I would love to do this and what's the other scenario. So I was really inspired by her. And I was like, oh, I don't know anyone doing that, something like that up in Chicago. That's so different from what we've been doing. And I got inspired. And then two of my brothers, they and their partners um, became pregnant with my second and third nieces. And I was like, oh, there's babies coming? Well, I'm not moving away now. Like I, I wanted to be there, to be there with my family. So those things happened. And I was like, I guess I'm writing a business plan. Got it. And so then you're like, this is what I know and I'm going to go and do it. Right. And this is the thing too. The business plan is just going to write the business plan and then see what would happen. But to write the business plan, you have to know, like you have to know the information. How much is rent? How much money do you need to invest? I, I was looking around at rental space, uh, different spaces and a space opened up that worked with what I would be able to afford. Went to the bank at that time. You, they had like a three-day express check, <laughs> credit check. And, you know, three days later, they're like, here's some money. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I need it yet. I'm just asking questions. And they're like, well, here it is. You can decide if you want to you know, not accept or give it back. It might not be available in three months from now, things like that. And I was like, all right, well, I'll take it. So like, that just kind of happened. Like, here's the space, here's the money, you know, systems, you know, you can do this. Um, and I will say also, I Imaging USA, Professional Photographers of America, we had been going to the conferences through that studio and they had SMS at the time, which is how I, one of the two ways I met you, I think I actually saw you speak at a conference in uh, Phoenix first, Scottsdale, the Make More Money. Make More uh, Money, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then I got to speak with you through Studio Management Services. And I was like, that was one of the things I was like, oh, well, I have this. I don't know that part of it, but this is a resource for me. So with this, 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 I felt confident like, oh, I've got this. So, and then, and then yeah. that was one of the times we talked first where you helped me see I had a money block. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of years ago and that was a great program. PPA doesn't have that anymore. It was to help photographers become profitable, Yeah. Um, but I was a mentor for them and I, I got access to people's books and, and got to help them see the, the puzzle pieces. Right. Cause when you're just doing marketing, you don't know, like, are you priced right? Do you have all these other pieces? Right. So yeah. I really remember those early meetings with you. Those were in like it's 2006, seven, eight. Yeah. You probably yeah. know dates and times. <laughs> My diary. Yes. Um, and watching you realize you are very underpriced, um, especially for the Chicago market. And I remember having that conversation with you. I remember you saying, I, I know now where I need to get and I'm not ready to get there. Like some people just want to rip off the Band-Aid. And you were like, I, I need to get there a little slow, more slowly. And you did. You just, I mean, you know, not super slow, but you didn't just rip off the bandaid. And, but I knew when you said it, you're like, I will get there now that I know it's like having the answer to the test. I'm going to work it out now. I know where I need to be, which is a big part of it. Don't you think like seeing the answers to the test? My brain could not transform that quickly. And now I understand more of that better. I didn't know what scarcity mindset was back then. And again, if you don't know these things, you always stay, you're going to stay stuck in those thoughts. And so you showed me something that was possible that I did not even think of. So then it was, yes, how, okay, I know I want to do this. 
and I was basing my pricing off of what the other studio did. But again, there was five or six photographers and there were two studios. And so there was, there's not, it wasn't sustainable in the same way for me to, to do five sessions in a day, three, three, four days a week. Um, so yes, it was like, I will get there. And then that's my journey and is transforming my brain over the years to be able to get my numbers to a, to a place as soon as I could each time, you know, each time to each year, raising the prices up to be being getting to a point much sooner than now of, of being more sustainable, having more of my time back, making a, a better sale. This is what's so fascinating because you now in the peak performance program, you are our sort of head coach, right? Like helping people see their limiting beliefs in their blocks. Yeah. But talk about that journey for you, because I think a lot of people listening are, have those same stories they're telling themselves, you know, we, I would never spend that much. My friends don't have that much. We're not meant to make this much rich people are bad or, you know, whatever, all those blocks. Will you talk about that journey for yourself? Like how did, yeah. Cause realizing you're having that block and then doing something about it are two different things kind of. Right. Well, first was like trying to understand what, what is, what is the money block? What does that even mean? Okay. And then going out and I'm a, I'm a learner. I'm very curious. I love to research and find out information about things. So I started to like look stuff up, you know, fortunately the internet had become more of a resource for us. You know, when I started college, like, so when we first had like the internet was very new. We did, I didn't have my own computer till I graduated. Right. Like it's, it's so much has changed in the last two decades. So uh, there's more information um, available and so much more information available just the last five years about neuroscience and how our brains transform. But so again, it was like becoming aware of it and then taking the information experts and people further along like you were offering to me and just trying to see how I could step into it. There's just a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Uh, when you say, what did that journey look like? It's honestly, it's just like learning about what, what it is like there. I didn't, the life coaches weren't very, it's becoming more known and common, but still even back then, I, I wouldn't know, like, where do I go to find help with this? Um, I got into a a money boot camp by Denise Duffield Thomas. And that was the first, and again, even investing, it was like, I want to say it was like $2,000, but that that was huge for me. Right. It was like $2,000, like, right. But you're like, how do I get this growth? And the growth often is the growth isn't, is seeing, is believing in yourself that you will get what you need paying that to help you get where you want to go. Isn't that interesting? Because so many people like will say to me, Sarah, your programs, you're telling me, you know, they're so great. If you just give them to me, when I make the money, I'll give you a percentage or whatever, which is more of a franchise model. That's not how we work. But what you don't realize is that what flips the switch in your brain to being able to ask for that money and take that money is you also investing in yourself, which is what you did, right? You were like, how did I give this money? I gave $2,000, you know, to invest in myself. And that's a really hard thing for people to learn Um, because they're, especially now with the internet, there's so much free stuff out there, you know, and you can get stuck in that free stuff learning mode And then still sit there with your stories of I'm not good enough. No one will pay this, whatever, because you're also not believing in yourself enough to put money out in your, on your behalf. Right. And it becomes motivation. Okay. These are things I want to learn about. This is what they cost. 
This is motivating me to make that money, to raise my prices, to be able to get the money to come in for the things I want. If you want to know what my why is, my why is myself. My why is me. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It should be all of ours, right? Because we have to take care of ourselves if we can't, so we can take care of other people. I know you do so much with your nibblings. I love how you call them your nibblings, your siblings, kids. Yeah. Um, you're such a role model to them and you can, you can have extra money to splurge here and there if you want, you know, and have the time to have experiences for them. Totally. Um, yeah. And for you. So now you're in Chicago, you have a, you have a studio, which you've had pretty much the whole time, right? You've always yeah. had that studio same, and that space, that same space. Now 16 years is coming May. Yeah. And that rent payment every month, that mortgage, like th- that's all on you. Correct. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I just love to have a studio and be paying the bills and making the money. So it's just, it's cool because this is your career. Like, it's not like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm staying home with kids and doing this on the side, which is a great side hustle or people who have other, other jobs, other careers. And they do this on the side, which is a great side hustle. Right. Like this is your, I was you all, have, in, all in from the beginning. And yes. Yeah. You were filmed before. No, correct? no. Um, and I did like that. This, this is sort of fun. I think I was lucky in that we didn't sell digital files at that other studio. We sold actual artwork. It was just like small prints in a package, but you, you couldn't buy the digital file. So I didn't have that, uh, issue that other people have. I, my, my prints were so inexpensive. It's like, why would you need the digital file? <laughs> like, right. They could scan them then. Right. And people, yeah. and I found out later they were scanning them. And again, I'm like, Oh, I'm not even getting the money at this price that I right? like, I go over to the dry cleaner where everyone sends their holiday card. And there's these holiday cards with my, the photos I took. I'm like, they didn't buy the, they didn't, I make holiday cards. They, they scanned the image and made holiday cards. So I was like, okay, gosh, well, this is, that's not going to work. So again, there is some right there. I'm like, well, that is a reason why I have to raise my prices to show people and to educate them more and more on what I do that I create the boutique products. Yeah. So you're not afraid of asking the answering the question. What about digital files? What about digital files? You, right. No, yeah. Cool right. And again, my, my background, it's so easy for me to explain it. I'm like, no, my passion is creating the artwork. My passion isn't taking the photos and giving it to you. My passion is working with your kids, getting the expressions that you aren't able to do to get for yourself that captures who they are and create the actual artwork. And I get to a point where I'm able to say too, like my artwork is hanging in, on display in people's homes. Mm-hmm. I want to know that you're going into anyone's space and seeing beautiful artwork that I know is color corrected, sharpened correctly, cropped well, like that it's, that it looks beautiful and it's not falling apart. So like, it's important to me that whatever art is created from it is, is up to my quality, my standards as a trained professional, as a trained artist. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, so tell me now you run this thriving studio, you are so good at marketing and I know with your growth and the conversations we've had over the years, it's, it's not always like, let's get huge. Let's just be better with our time. Right. So that, cause you want that. You, that's what I love about you. You really value that the lifestyle benefit of being a boutique portrait photographer. You love to go and do, and like, I love that you said your why is you, you don't want to sit in this studio for your whole life and work yourself to death and then die. 
<laughs> right? Like you, you ski or snowboard, like you do all these fun things and you enjoy your family and all of that. So is, does that help motivate you too? Yes, for sure. And well, and again, like I'm a creative, like I want, I want to do some creative things that I don't have to do a cost analysis on. That doesn't matter if it makes me money. I want to be able to do creative things in the world, things that speak to my heart. And if I make enough money from my business as in the boutique, you know, and the boutique model allows me to do that, then I don't always have to be like, well, is that going to bring in a certain amount of money for that to work? Right. Like, like I want to have room and freedom to, to take time to learn, to take time to spend snowboarding, going on a trip. But more importantly, though, creative, like I want to be able to do creative things like that, that aren't related to making money, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally don't does. That's not 100% always that. Cause again, like I want to be creative and I don't want to always have the feel like I have the pressure that, okay, is this, is it, is this going to bring in the revenue we need for the month? Like, it's like, we'll take care of that with the boutique model of how we serve that way. And then what can I do on the side? What, how many years in do you think it took you to get to that place where you were like, I understand my numbers and I know what it takes to get there. And I'm confident Cause like, even now I'm sure if you're like, I want something extra, like say you want to go to Europe, you decided, and you're like, I need to go make X more dollars. I feel like you would be very confident to put a plan together, implement it. You may have to work some weekends or you may have to work extra or whatever, but like super confident that you could go do whatever you wanted. Like, when do you think, how far in do you think that, that, that you felt that way? Got yeah. To that good question. And again, I, I believe that people can have a faster transformation than me if with with more help from coaches like us so like can talk yeah. to them more about the strategy and show them where they can get here are examples of who are doing it and then hey here's what's happening in your brain here's what's happening that's going to happen for you next um so i would like when did you know by 2011 i know that was like juki's fifth year again i made good money right away it was just that i was working a lot more, more like physically working in sessions at, while I was raising up the averages. So, and I wasn't afraid to work. I loved work. I love working with kids. I love being active. So like, it's like play, right? So that's like one of the things I've had to like, be careful about like, hey, I know it's fun, but it's still work. And right. You're still, you're tiring yourself out in a certain way. But like, but I know by 2011, I took this amazing vacation. I had money saved up. Right. It's just like, well, I knew I could take this vacation. It was, I think I took at least three weeks off. I uh, went to Jordan, Israel, uh, gosh, we're, we're Jordan, Israel, and Turkey. And, you know, it was a $5,000 trip easily and time off. And I had it, I was paying for my assistant was taking care of things while I was gone. So, like, it was kind of that. So, I think by then I was like, okay. I am confident that I'm able to make the money and be able to do these things for myself. Yeah. yeah. And you brought up a good point that there weren't the learning opportunities, like with, you know, the way we coach photographers, I've spent this whole career creating these systems when you and I were coming through this. Cause I was a little before you, we were like yeah. going in and studying and trying to get one nugget from one person, bringing it home, implementing yeah. it and then like going and getting another nugget and then realizing, okay, that wasn't really consistent with this model or whatever, but just, I I'm so proud of what you've done and what you've become. And, and, um, I think too, what I love about you is that growth mindset. And, uh, will you talk on that just as kind of a last little question, because I think I think that the people that are succeeding, they're investing in themselves in a lot of different ways, 
right? Like whether it's your marriage or your, your teeth, raising your children or health and fitness or whatever part of life, like, has that really been an important part for you? Cause you said your why is taking care of you. And I know you're always looking to learn and grow. Yeah, it's huge. Cause I grew up in a way that there weren't as many resources and, and things, uh, opportunities available for me. I'm very lucky for what I did have that gave me, got me to a point where I could see there was even more. And it made me realize how much people don't even know what's available, right? So then when you know that there's more out there than you know, like you just start to look for it and then it, it comes into your, your field. And again, like I, I wanted to give myself to things I didn't have when I was younger. I wanted to, 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 Again, I was just like, I learned to snowboard when I was 30, right? I had this opportunity come up and I was like, oh, I truly want to try that. And just loved it so much. And it was one of those things that was not even an option as a kid growing up. Like if someone would say that, like the money that, that sort of hobby or sport takes. So like, just like, it's just, I love being able to give these things to myself and find out more who I am, who I can be. I'm just so fascinated by that. And then what I learn, I'm able to role model, like you said, to my neighborings, to my family, to my community. Uh, the more I give to myself, the more I feel like I can give back. Oh my gosh, that is just perfect. And this community of photographers who you've had such an impact on, and I'm so grateful, Jill, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I've known Jill for many years and I've even visited her Chicago studio, which is super cool. I admire what she does so much that I brought her on as one of our coaches in our peak performance coaching program. And I'm not the only one who loves Jill. This year, she was voted peak performance coach of the year by our community of photographers who make up peak performance coaching. Talk about an honor and a testament to the legacy she has built as a photographer. And I'm just so proud to call her one of our coaches and a friend. Mwah. Hey, photographer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked this episode and you got value out of it, can you do me a really quick favor so that more people can hear it? Would you please head over to Apple Podcasts and do one quick little thing? Leave a rating and or review and tell me what you think of the Worth Every Penny Joycast. When I get feedback on the episodes you like the most, it really helps me as well. It helps me to know where you're struggling in your business or where you need more information. And until next time, remember, you're worth every penny.